Welcome to the People's Pitch, official podcast of your undefeated Minneapolis City SC. As always, I'm joined by my platonic soccer lobster, John Bizworm. Hello, John, people. We didn't just leave Milwaukee with a point. I feel like we left with all of its beer in our guts. Yes, Nate, all the beers. <laughs> uh, still feel a little fuzzy. Um, but you're right. Um, and lucky for us, uh, we only broke one glass liter stein at the beer hall, so it wasn't a, uh, a repetitive thing. Like so, like Superman, apparently we everyone gets one before it becomes it, a little bit of an issue. Is that what they told you when they were when they were jumping down your throat about that? I saw you getting a little discussion with the server about where that extra stein could have gone. Yeah, well, I mean, the pieces of it were put onto the bar because I, you know. Anyways. Everybody gets one. Those are expensive, man. I was like, oh, man, I hope John doesn't have to pay for that. No, no, no. I, they recycle those things. Good. All right. So, so coming up today. <laughs> Actually, I, guess, I don't even know if I did pay for it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> coming up today, uh, we've got a recap of our Milwaukee action as well yeah. as some other action around the PLA. Right. Uh, there was a good game out there uh, in Toledo. Uh, we've got some roster additions that we want to go over that I'm really excited about, mm-hmm. and a preview of Saturday's big uh, home opener against the Croatians. Also, some uh, some other game day notes, kind of some things that people should be looking out for with their coming to the game on Saturday, and the results of our Samuel Ruiz Plaza hair poll. Yeah, I'm so excited. This should be I, good. I, I, I... I want to talk about it now, but you're going to have to wait. And so am I. <laughs> yep. So uh, right off the bat, man, let's do a recap of, this, of these Bavarians. So we were a little shorthanded for a few reasons. We had some guys out with prior commitments. Yeah. So we initially thought we were going to have 18, which is the max you can have going into into travel. I think you can have more at home. I doubt it, though. I think it's just 18 mm-hmm. full. I'm trying to remember. I read all the rules, and they kind of started to blur together. Uh, but we were without uh, a couple guys who I think – um, you know, not saying that our, our boys didn't play well, but a couple guys that could have helped change some things. So the first guy, Will Kidd, was out for personal reasons. Um, so was um, uh, one other guy's name escapes me. Oh, short defender from Ecuador. Ecuador. Yeah. Um, Walter. Walter Alvarado. Yes, Walter. Sorry, Walter. I've only met you once, so we're all learning. Um, so Walter Alvarado, he also was out for some personal reasons. And we had Goose and AJ Albers were at graduation. The only difference between those two was one was high school and one was college. Um, so those guys will be back. And then Duncan and Ian were out with um, their Development Academy commitments, still a week away from from those two guys being able to fully be in the mix. Mm. So um, we had 15 guys who traveled. Uh, starting roster was we uh, we ran the three five two. It was Elder in the in the net, uh, who I thought Elder played. I thought he did great. Played, played great. Yep. Um, we got Ba on the left back, Trey Benhart center back, and Aaron Olsen on the right back. In front of them was um, Nate Ingle, who usually was a center back, mm-hmm. but apparently played there um, center mid in college, and I thought he did, I they did well. pretty good. We'll, we'll get into that breakdown. But then we had um, we had Hoof, we had Samuel Ruiz Plaza and Wexler in the middle um, with Connor Stevenson on, on the outside, and then um, Gway and Laurie up top. 
So um, subs, we had uh, Manny Akushin, we had I- Ike Forsgren, uh, Brian Chapman did not play, and Camerata um, got in at the end, and then uh, Raheem Omar did not play. That's kind of a bummer to go all that way and not play, but... Uh, it happens. It happens, right? And I didn't know this. They, I figured, well, they just didn't play because they used their three, but... You, we we're allowed eight subs over the course of the game. You're allowed eight subs, and you cannot re-enter. Right. So so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So moving forward, we'll be able to see a lot more of our players uh, a lot more often. It's just, you know. Right. So as far as what the Bavarians brought, um, I don't want to go through all the guys um, that they, they started, but they, they came out with um, a 4-2-3-1 formation, mm-hmm. which is, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to toot my own horn from a scouting perspective, but we talked about the scouting yeah, report yeah, a little bit, it. and I think they... They didn't throw anything at us that we didn't see. Maybe a couple guys that we that weren't there when I saw them play, but um, really, I mean, the Bavarians are good. They um, they had a great atmosphere. They opened up the beer hall um, outside, so you could walk in with your plastic leaders. It's pretty sweet. That was cool. Um, they had a really good fan base out um, right before kickoff, though. Minneapolis City had quite a few fans. Yeah, it looked and, like we uh, were going to outnumber them quite, quite a bit. I think I posted that picture on Twitter it was or Instagram or something, but it was like we easily had our half of the tiny stands completely full. Yeah, and absolutely. And maybe a couple moms. It was like definitely a five-to-one situation. Well, and then all of a sudden it was like they like made a phone call to all their youth coaches. Yep, or like, all hey, the kids uh, started showing hey, up. Hey, uh, you should really get here because <laughs> we don't have any people watching this game. Um, but all in all, uh, the Bavarians, great organization, great people, um, gave us, uh, gave us a good, good run. And I think getting, uh, getting a point on the road was, yeah. Yeah. Was, I mean, that's that was, it was best, best case scenario off with a shorthanded team. I think so. I think so. Uh, general thoughts on the game. I mean, you want to just dive right into this? I I've think, got some, I we, we were talking about it yeah. at the, at the beer hall, but yeah, the little beer hall breakdown. Yeah. We did a little <laughs> breakdown. People kept trying to come up and talk to us. Go away. We're like, sorry, uh, we're famous podcasters. <laughs> but I think the three, five, two that we, that we had kind of gave us, at least in my opinion, gave us the, the worst of both worlds where we were getting, mm-hmm. we were getting some serious heart attacks on D as the wingers just were way too far up and yeah. couldn't get back in time. And then if we tried to counter, the wingers were way too far back and couldn't get couldn't get forward right. enough to help on that attack. Right. So uh, for those of you who haven't played a 3-5-2, the outside wingers or the wingbacks need to have the stamina of like a Kenyan marathon runner. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that to, you know, all joking aside, they have to run the entire field for the entire over and over and over over and over and over and over and And you know what you end up and you gotta get physical on one end and you gotta be you gotta be technical on the other end right it's tough and I thought um, you know I was getting on those guys a little bit from the silence because I thought they could have maybe pulled in some tackles a little bit harder and um, but I know I could tell they were a little bit worn out so I I totally get it but um, Huff and Stevenson you know I think they put in two great shifts both of them Um, it's a tough position like there is no way I would ever want to play that position ever, um, but they they did their job and, and the thing was is we didn't really have a lot of um, guys that traditionally play that position. Like mm. Huff is more of a central player and Connor's more of a, a paired target striker. Really, so they were playing out of position and they did well for playing out of position. Um, you know, it's tough. But as far as the attack goes, uh, I thought Gway and Lori they uh, they linked up a little bit and um, you know they did a really good job of. Um, of you know trying to get that cohesion, um, but then nothing ever kind of meticulated out of that. We didn't we didn't have a whole lot of shots on target. 
um, things kind of the, the cigarette butt was extinguished. Yeah. At, once we got into the final offensive third. Like we were saying, man, that that solid midfield of the Bavarians, that spine. Yeah. Really kind of gummed up gummed up the works. I mean, I think Wex and and Nate and Samuel combined really for a solid midfield. Yeah. But once you know, once it went outside, or once we tried to go up top and get something get something to Andy or to Gway, it just it just wasn't materializing for us. Like, you know what? Like that's fine. It's the first game. Um, I was more so worried about having the three at the back yeah. and how how that would play against what they brought. Because if there's an immediate breakdown in the middle centrally, and then they get into the offensive third, and you only have three guys back there, that's we were looking at a three on three or a, or even a four on three. Yeah, which happened like, a couple times. It did, and I thought the the back line of uh, I was really impressed with Bach. I thought he made a a pretty big step up from what I saw in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey was still 100% solid, voted man of the match uh, by the organization. And I thought Aaron Olsen did great too. And I thought he even got up into the attack. Yeah. For, and then he would get back. That was the thing is uh, even at the end um, when fitness was getting to be an issue, and I think the Northern Pitch article, in the Northern Pitch article, Coach Kicker talks about that a little bit, where mm-hmm. fitness did start to become an issue there at the end. And yeah. that's partly because of the formation. But AO, man, was providing some really nice plays on D. The whole game. Uh, and as, even at the and at the end of the game when we were struggling, he was able to he was able to get his foot in there yep. and really get challenging really start challenging these guys or keep challenging these guys um, to kind of close it out for us and get us that point. But if you if you're talking about defending and as we move into um, goalkeeping here is on our, our cheat sheet. Sure, sure. Um, we kind of dodged a bullet at the very very end. Oh. Um, Literally so, like one second before the yeah. like, before he was going to blow the whistle. The whistle blows and then the guy takes a shot and it hits off the post. Yep. Like, thank you, Lord, baby Jesus. <laughs> your little and not baby only, Jesus. And not only did it hit the post, but it skidded right. Across it skidded the, left yeah. to go in front of the net like anyone could have been there for a rebound. Or it could have hit off one of our defenders' backs. Yep. It, it was just a bad case scenario. Uh, but that was given up by um, a, a bad back pass in the midfield. Yep. So you can see what I was saying, like the the transition of those five guys we have in the middle and how well they get back as well as how well they attack. So it's tough. But I thought that the coaching staff um, chose that formation, and it was one that countered, countered their what they were bringing at us. Mm-hmm. They had more shots than us, yes. They created more chances. They hit the post, yes. But on the road, first game in organization – um, I don't think that outside of maybe one or two saves that uh, Matt Elder had to make, everything was pretty routine for him. I thought I thought he commanded his, his um, goal box well, came off his line well. He was vocal. Um, he everybody in front of him seemed to always be organized. Yeah. Um, but like any team that's in any sort of affiliation with Stegmans, we need to clean up the set plays on corner kicks and things like that. Guys got lost and and that was just we haven't been practicing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll come, and, and there's just so many bright spots, so many bright spots, and there's more bright spots coming. Yep. Luckily, he, uh, you know, he was able to really control the box during those, at least a little bit. Had a couple nice punches. Um, yeah, and he and he was great in the air. Yep. So that was that was nice. He was able to assert himself in a way yeah. that I think you know showed his veteran status. Yeah, I think so. Could Dunk have come in and done some of that? Probably. Probably. But I thought. Um, the first, first, I was, I mean, we, were, we were sitting with his parents. And yeah, oh man, I would have been having a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt's mom was. I don't know was, how she does it. Yeah, I mean, especially because <laughs> he's the last last line of defense. Um, but no, I, in the whole time, was like, oh, 
what an easy routine save by that that guy in blue to his mom, you know, and yep. just trying to yeah, just joking around with her, but he, he was making the saves look easy. He did. I mean, just even some of the diving ones where he really had to work for it looked like he knew exactly what he was doing, where it was where it was going. So that's good. Uh, let's talk about Andy Laurie real quick because mm-hmm. uh, awesome personality, great to have, awesome great mustache. to have on the trip. Shaved his mustache. He's looking good. Great pregame photos. Yeah. Um, this is something that when I was talking to the coaches after the game, they, we were talking about kind of how physical that the Bavarians were mm-hmm. compared to even Minnesota United and Des Moines. There yeah. was just not that physicality there yeah. in either of the games so far. So it was something that I think the whole team had to adjust to. But but Andy kind of got the the brunt of it. He got roughed up a little bit uh, on the attack, but he gave as good as he got. Oh, he. Just laid the wood on one guy. <laughs> Very lucky not to get to get booked, but I yep. mean, um, you know, it. Usually they're a physical team, and I think here's what here's what I think happened. Nothing but a bunch of trash talk about how young we are, and they'd see the players that we're signing. Yep. And I think they got a little bit worried about how how what our pace and our and our stamina, which as we know from talking, was probably the weakest spot yep. on our Wasn't team. Wasn't as great as we were. But hoping. that young that young like nervous energy that if you're a veteran team, you kind of try to sit back and absorb that, and then you try to find how to pick it apart. Mm-hmm. And that's what they tried to do. And then it was just a whole lot of nothing going back and forth to either team. And it was um, if you noticed. When we were pressing and, and, and paying those wingers back that like we talked about, yep. they were uh, they bypassed those three in the middle who were doing all the work for them. Where they got real dangerous is when the ball went in and then went out to the from those guys, because we were when we were pressuring them and they were sitting back so much, um, they bypassed those guys up for, top to that forward a lot. And then what happened to him? Same thing that happened to Andy when we were in Iowa by himself. Uh, I thought I think Andy's more of a creative player than that guy, but that yeah. guy, like uh, I believe his name was, um, um, not uh, oh yeah, uh, I think it was Andre Francois. Sweet name. Yeah, it is. Um, big tall target guy. Uh, I, this is the second time I've been able a chance to watch him play, and he's okay with his feet. Like if that was Andy up there, he had to do more and he could create more by himself. Um, but he was isolated and and. I felt like both of our forwards got a little isolated when, in turn, we were getting pinned back. I feel like also maybe our forwards had maybe should have reversed their roles a little bit on the field. Yeah, like Way, I think so. Way was not didn't have the height over his defender to really challenge for any aerial balls. Yeah, and, really, and Andy was, was Andy was all over him, yeah. but he was the guy that was kind of making the runs, checking back to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So yeah, I mean, there could have been a little bit of role reversal. Um, it's just tough when you're a forward and there's not a whole lot going through the middle. Where, where do you think the ball goes? Yeah. It either goes back and forth between the defenders or it gets lumped up top to you and you're supposed to chase it down. And then when, when we lose the ball, you're supposed to be the one who gets back and starts defending first. So it's, it's just like being those Kenyan wingers. <laughs> it's tireless. And then you're supposed to be expected to score when you're in front of the goal. So um, I thought... They definitely need to clean some stuff up. If we would have gone to that traditional four three three, and I think we may have moved that near the end. Near the end, um, maybe. I thought Ike Forsgren when he came in, I think he that's added when, some, I he think added that's, some legs. I think that's what they did was they I think they moved him up top, and mm-hmm. then they went with three up top. Um, and you know, I, I thought he did the job that the the two forwards um, didn't do, and it was just putting your head down and going at a guy. Yeah. And be like, you know what? I'm gonna try to beat this guy off the dribble. If I lose it, it's in the corner of their box. Yep. Fine. And I think even uh, something near the end that that I really liked 
about Ben Wexler's game was he started taking things into his own hands and started making his own runs too. And he started he basically said screw it, I'm getting forward. Yep. Yeah. So that was that was really cool. Um, if we're talking about kind of personal stars for the game, I thought I thought he's definitely one of them for me. We already talked about AO. Yep. Trey. Um, I think yep, Trey. Um, Pat. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of good a lot of encouraging signs. But here's and the nothing thing. nothing that makes me go, "Oh crap." Right. Maybe these guys aren't who we, who we hoped yeah. they would be. Right. So that's good. Um, and if, if, you, if you look back at the names you just mentioned, outside of Trey, w- what are all those guys? They're our overage players. Yep. They're the guys that we knew were going to come in at the veteran piece, mm-hmm. and they were the ones that on the road in a somewhat interestingly s- s- hostile environment, <laughs> um, they, uh, they got the job done. Yeah. Uh, any, any other thoughts? Any final thoughts on, um, on the game? You know... I definitely want to give it up to the coaching staff. I think it's that's the most nervous game ever, mm-hmm. right? First game as an organization. Yeah. Uh, you know things haven't gone the way you want because you didn't have enough time to bring in the team. You have the guys you want, but they're not really gelling. You know, like, you had to drive six and a half hours. You know, you're, you're staying in a hotel in the middle of, like, some manufactured suburb. You know, like, yeah. it's just all this stuff against you. Um, you know, it's under the lights. Everyone's kind of hyped up. There's nervous energy. Um, I thought hats off to them. They, with what they, they had and we brought down, um, you know, we mentioned we had some, some kind of, some guys who weren't able to make it. Uh, they did, they did a good job. And I think they're, they're the real MVP. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Uh, you know, you'll have to pardon me. I've got some thoughts. I think we kind of spoke about this a little bit ourselves, um, offline, and I do have some thoughts kind of about the fan experience I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think we've put a lot of the organization and ourselves on, mm-hmm. on, on the podcast and everything, we've put a lot of effort into crafting an attitude, right? Like we've been trying to make our mark early via Twitter and, and social media and whatnot, and I think that when you put that in practice, that attitude, when it, gets, when it ends up in practice, now that these games have started... Things uh, things got a little uncomfortable, I think, on Saturday yeah, for, for myself and for a lot of other fans in the stands, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the fans that were there kind of realized that we're you know moving forward, we're going to have to we're going to be addressing this. Um, hopefully, Minneapolis City, I think we're at a really pivotal point here, mm-hmm. John, where we have to decide what kind of fans to be when we're when we're home and when we travel. I would one hundred percent agree with you. I think it's two different experiences, and we we learned. A little bit about the fan experience going on the road. Yep, and we're always going to be learning. Uh, you know, everything's new to us. Right. So let me start by saying that you know I fully support the existence of of our supporters groups. I think that they're going to be a really integral part of our season, which is kind of part of why I have some feelings about this. Uh, also, a lot of our fans. Hopefully, we realize that a lot of our fans really are learning how to be soccer fans. Right. You well, know, a lot of them are just parents. Yep. So there's definitely going to be a learning curve. So I understand the frustration at a lack of fan involvement, which is kind of where I think. A lot of this stuff came from, yeah. but uh, as we know, as you know, being on the podcast mic, and uh, you know, I've done things in the past myself. Anytime you have the mic, whether it's on stage, hear the podcast in front of the fans, mm-hmm. it's really about reading the crowd, right? And when the crowd really doesn't go the way you're hoping for, the way you're planning for, you have to, you have to, you can't really force it in there. You got to make that adjustment. Yeah. So it was the first game. People that were there, all the way from all the way to Milwaukee, were coming to see. What this team is about. Parents were there to see their sons, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And we're sitting with the Bavarian families who brought their U8 kids, their U10 kids. Like this is practice just ended that, you know, that day. So when you try to swear at and disrespect players, nobody there is really feeling it. And I get that that's going to be part of 
you know, the, the chants and that sort of thing is, is part of the supporters' uh, routine moving forward at home. And they've got their own area, and I'm, 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 happy, I'm happy for it. But, you know, there's a time when the crowd made it clear that we re- weren't really interested in, in being that kind of crowd. The crowd in front of, in front of, in front of the, them was not the kind of crowd that they, that they thought they'd be. Right. You know, we, when we have the it's luxury of being at home, um, that's going to be a different story. But you have to adapt on the road, not, not agitate. Right. And some of us were, were getting into the game, and, you know, I, I totally get it. I, yeah. see, I see both sides, and like you said... There's um, maybe opportunity for us to have a, a, the same type of experience, but adjusted for at home or on the road. Yeah, I mean we're a new club, so we're gonna learn. We learn. We learn something every step of the way, right? Um, and this is just one of those things that we've learned. Um, our average fans are just—I don't think they're gonna be feeling it. Right. And if we're gonna be this organization, this is kind of the heart of it, and where I'm, why I kind of got, uh, why I'm getting a little uh, into it is because if we're gonna be the, the organization that encourages community. We, you yeah. know, we're we're gonna get kids involved before the games, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit. We're recruiting players who, let's be honest, they're kids. Right. We've got high school kids, we've got college kids. Um, we can't act like that, or we're gonna alienate our fan base. And every home game, we're bringing like 15 children mm-hmm. to help us kick from local clubs to help us kick the game off. Um, and then we've got you know parents of of our kids coming. Samuel told me his parents are gonna bring like 20 people on Saturday. We've got the Forsgrens, the kids. The elders, even your parents were there, right? So it's like people are proud of their sons. They want to bring their friends and families to see this awesome thing that that we're building, that we've right. built. And we get really one shot to make that impression on them. And Or guess what? Like the Los Lobos, the kids that are going to be there on Saturday, mm-hmm. they're not coming back. Their parents aren't coming back. The Blackhawks, St. Croix, Dakota Rev, MTA, whoever, those right. parents wouldn't come back. Right. Um, so suddenly we do have a reputation counter to our mission. But the only... The only um... You know, I, I 100% agree with you that the counterpoint that I have is that, um, you know, there won't be, it, there'll be a different scenario um, at home. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the fan, because we don't want to also alienate the fans who that, they want that type of experience. Exactly. Which is people who get into supporters, supporters groups. In a perfect world, we would have traveled down with, you know, 25, 30 like-minded supporters. Um from a supporters group standpoint and they, we would have had that atmosphere um, not intermingled with the, the other atmosphere. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? It just mm-hmm. like, it was just a weird eclectic mix of people and it's nobody's fault. And I thought, um, you know, I thought overall, um, you know, <laughs> the other team's fans didn't like us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, of course, I, I, I said some things that people didn't like, but yep. I, I, I did it in my own way. You know, um, it's just how it's going to work. But mm-hmm. we're going to clean it up, not necessarily a censor up. We're going to we're going to clean it up, and we're going to make we're going to make sure that everyone who comes has the experience they want to have. Whether you're uh, more of a diehard supporter, or whether you're in, interested in more of a family experience, we can do that when we're in control of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. So. I definitely we definitely want this to be a club for everybody, yep. and to give everybody a, a, a voice. That's uh, you know that's. Good for the time and place, so I think we can do that. And we're gonna have more people singing the songs because that's the thing. That's yeah, the thing. It just, just didn't work. We didn't have enough people. It's it's so, hard. It's so, hard. Like I said, it's hard to get people that maybe aren't used to it, right? To and, to feel comfortable. And we're learning. But let's talk about let's talk about the PLA. So yeah. So what other stuff happened this weekend, man? Yes. So we, I talked a little bit about like kind of what was on tap in the PLA. And I don't really want to go through all the games because. Personally, I don't really care about the other conference. However, um, in the other conference in the West, um, in the East, you know, we, we must be off to a slow start because we've had what like four games in our conference, but they're like 
They're up and running. They're up and running. They're mm-hmm. already like some teams already have like three three games in. Like what? Yeah. When, when did this happen? Um, so, but the 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 big game in the East was the Toledo versus uh, defending champion uh, R.W. Adria out of out of Chicago, who we found out today. Unless their roster is incorrect on their online, they have no one from Croatia. Zero Croatians. Zero Croatians. <laughs> heavy heavy in the Bosnian community. Yep. Um, <laughs> very Macedonian. <laughs> but they have uh, they, they do not have, uh, have have anyone from Croatia. But anyways, Toledo. Um, Beat them one nothing. Yeah. So Toledo has been looking strong, and I've, I've told you I've talked to their 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 management, and they said we're we're looking good, and uh, look what happened. This they, is your these guys are kind of your pick. Yep, uh, they're my pick to definitely to get up there. They're playing some serious soccer, and I hope we continue on the on the positive track that we're on, um, and and we get uh, we get a chance to face those guys in some form of cup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 won, so they're. Clear leaders in the in the uh, in the East, as the Bavarians are on paper clear leaders in the West mm-hmm. right now. Um, but as far as our conference, oh, one one quick note was they did it with ten guys. Oh yeah, that's there's see, a red card and like so they, like fifteen minutes of like facing the defending champs at home without down a guy like and and they scored and they scored yeah so um, that's definitely you know one for the books there. But anyways, um, in our division, uh, in a matchup of who really cares. Was Madison one, Cedar Rapids one. Yep, that's really all we need to say about that's it. That's good. I'm sure, their fans really love that tie. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as PLA goes, we have uh, we there's rules we have to follow, like rostering players. So mm-hmm. there are a few guys that are new to the player pool mix that we signed, but were un, um, ineligible to make the, the trip with us. So cover those guys off a little bit. Start off with Jack Miller. So Jack's a midfielder from Lakeville via Harvard University. So it's a very cerebral player. Yeah. And um, he's going into his sophomore year, uh, been in, in and out of um, under-18 national team camps. Um, I don't believe he's had official career appearances with the national team, but he's been in the, in the, in the, in the in camps, the which doesn't matter. You're good either way. Yeah. Uh, but Jack, <laughs> this, this guy I'm really excited for. Yeah, Jack's a big kid, good, good midfielder. Um, could also maybe slide in if we have any problems centrally at the back, mm-hmm. um, which we know we kind of have that covered right now but you never know what happens um but very good soccer player yeah all, all around nice kid good at soccer has size speed everything so um the next is uh james nair i hope i'm pronouncing that right um james is uh, our our third string goalkeeper is the hulking goalie from carlton college in minnesota uh he's been our masl or our men's league goalkeeper for our division one team for a few years mm-hmm. so he's um uh, he he played on the same team with guys like Camarada and Tim Willis and um, Aaron Olson. Yeah. So the, he's he's been involved in, in the mix, but because of the DA commitments that Duncan has, we locked him up to be able to be um, a backup just in case something just in happens. Case. Because uh, you know, God forbid we had anything happen to Matt, um, we would have had to throw throw someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know even what we would have done to be honest. Um, maybe Trey. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyways, we didn't have to worry about that. Now we, now we have a backup option. Um, and the third guy is uh, Max Stiegward. Um, he's going into his sophomore year at Louisville. So he, he was born. Um, I don't. He was. He wasn't born in Minnesota, but he moved for I think a dad job scenario. Yeah. When he was um, like 14, 15, and then did MTA, and then also in and out of the youth national team camps. Then moved to Florida, and now goes to Louisville. So, um, so he counts. Yeah, so, but he's back now. He, he was back here. Back so home, yeah. He's back home now in Minnesota. 
um, for the summer. So he appeared in five matches for Louisville as a freshman. In the ACC, that's that's pretty good. I mean, that's, yeah. and, and you're playing center midfield, and he's a little bit undersized. He's short. He's like five foot five six. Oh wow, small guy, but um, like like a Wexler or a Plaza. Mm-hmm. Those guys are small guys, but they hold their own in the mm-hmm. middle there. So those guys are going to be in the mix now. So we're you know we're we're increasing. Um, you know, the, the number of players we have available for the staff, and we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about our our, um, our preview for the next game. Yeah, I mean, sounds like some guys might have to start stepping up. Right, right. So uh, talk about the preview for next game. Yeah. Um, so Croatians, we're the, the man, coming to town. Yeah, the Croatians are coming to town. It's the first game at home for, for the organization. It's going to be great, but I thought since I have a little bit of a background, yeah. uh, I'd, I'd kind of run us through – through these guys. So there's really three old dogs in Wisconsin soccer. It's the Bavarians, 1929 started, Milwaukee Sport Club, 1954, and then the Croatian Eagles, which is 1922. And from my research today, which I didn't know, was uh, World War II hit those guys hard. I, I sent Nate a clip today during the day of the... So apparently World War II, 23 of their players, which I have to assume was the whole team. Most of the team, yeah. Um, they had to suspend playing soccer because they all went to war. So um, they really didn't pick that back up again until after World War II. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> soccer's over. Soccer's Go to over. Normandy. Yeah, here's a helmet <laughs> and, a, Ooh, and a gun. No thanks. Yeah. So um, you know they they're cut from the same type of cloth that the Bavarians are. Um, you know when I grew up there, they had less youth teams, and now they're getting you know youth soccer in the United States is just booming. So yeah. the um, they had less less youth teams and. Um, I really not, never got a chance to play with them. I played in their tournament that they had every year, but I never got to play against them But until I hit, like, the senior level. So what we're going to find, like I said, pretty much similar to what the Bavarians had. Um, we're going to get some quality soccer players with a little bit of an injection of youth in there um, to kind of balance out, which is what we have. Um, they might have a little bit more experience than we do. Um, they've been playing together for, for longer. Um, out of the big three in Milwaukee that I mentioned, um, the Croatians have kind of been on the winning edge a little bit more recently with uh, being the amateur champions, um, national amateur champions in 2012. So that's only a few, four years ago, um, where now the pendulum has swung where the Bavarians are kind of the one that is actually kind of moving up. So mm-hmm. they kind of give and take, um, interchange a little bit. Um, but, you know, they played yesterday in the Wisconsin Le- um, State Soccer League. And um, three to one Bavarians over the Croatians. Okay. Whoa. So, um, in in it's according to the scouts that I had at the game. <laughs> uh, people. I had a couple moles there. Yeah, one guy with like the trench coat on and the mustache and the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Disguise. Which is funny because they sent their scouts to our game and they were not dis- disguised at all. No, they were just wearing all sorts of Croatian gear. <laughs> and one guy's shirt said Croatian Eagles, and then they had a picture of a cat. <laughs> so good. Um, but uh, according to, the, to the, the, the scout that I had there, Bavarians played pretty much the same players, give or take a, a couple guys that uh, needed a break that, that we played. And the Croatians are going to be – they were using that as basically their last tune-up for us. Okay. So they, they had all their starters mm. starters coming. So they lost 3-1 to one to the Bavarians. Um, they kind of roll out more of your traditional 4-4-2, which kind of breaks down into a 4-4-1-1. Like you have a target guy and the guy kind of just sits in behind him. Yeah. Or it's basically a 4-5-1, but they get so far advanced, but um, in, a, in more of a straight line and work together. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what they're going to be up against. But strong mm-hmm. spine, when they bypass the middle, they're going to end up kicking it up top to that, to that. One, one target guy. Um, 
you know, information wise, um, you know, it, I don't think it presents as a problem Mm-mm. as long as they don't start throwing three up there. And, then and we, we're pretty flexible you know. formation wise too. Right, exactly. So the positives for us, um, we get AJ Albers back. He graduated. We get Goose back. He graduated. We get Will Kidd back. Um, in That's the great. Mix. So not only do we get those guys as a potential um, team selection for the 18, we also get Max and Jack. And, you know, like we have some of the guys who couldn't travel. Yeah. Um, so we we have the opportunity to not only have um, a different look from a player per- personnel perspective, but we have the ability for the coaches to have kind of all tools at their disposal to meld a different formation if we'd like or play a couple different. Yeah. And so I was riding back with, this is something that the coaches I know are really in, into. Yeah. Because I was riding back with them from the from the beer hall and we were kind of talking about I was asking them about the, the formation that they chose, and mm-hmm. they're they're kind of giggling about it. That like, yeah, all these guys are going to be able to go back to their clubs, to the college or high yeah. school or whatever, and say, hey, you know, when their coaches ask them, "What'd you play this summer?" They're going to say, like, we kind of played every formation, right? Like, yeah, I played a three, I played a three five two, I played a four four one, whatever that whatever they might not be used to, they can play it. Mm-hmm. And I think Keith and Jeremy really like that flexibility, and they like kind of messing with other teams. They're like, yeah, they're definitely like. Um, have you seen Archer? What's the guy's yeah. name? Who's like the Krieger? Krieger. They're like Krieger. It's like they're gonna make like man man bear pig. You know, like they're gonna take up all the good things about different animals and put them all together. Yeah. And create the super animal. Um, but I mean, it's yes. They have the ability. I know. Like I said before, gave them the game ball because of the fact that the stress and to get where we were on Saturday, for them, I know how hard it was, and I know how the sacrifice it took to put aside all that, like, what we can be when we get everything in, in play, um, they're almost there. They're almost yep. to the point where it's, like, unfortunately, being a new organization, you know, I, next year I, I fully believe we're going to have, like, 90% of the guys on our team want to come back, right? Yeah. Unless there's some that, are, that have, the some move on or have the opportunity to make a step to a different level mm-hmm. of professional soccer. Um, you know, like, wouldn't it be great to have, like, Will Kidd and Sam Plaza in the mix for like th- three years and then see what they're like when they get to that point before uh, they move to the next one. Yeah. Right? And, you know, see the guys like um, Elder and Ingle and Ao and Camerata and those guys that are the overage players and the Chapmans and you get them into the mix and then they, you know, they have two more, three more solid years, maybe four four years, but they're they're not going anywhere. They're going to stay here until they, as long they as they hold keep, it down. As long as they keep getting selected. Yep. Right? So... The coaching staff, the fruits of their labor are coming, and it's going to be awesome. Like, I can't wait until we get, like, all these guys in the mix. I mean, we talk, we haven't really even – we just glossed over the fact that Sam Forsgren is going to come back. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, June, a couple weeks. We can still get a couple weeks on that. But, yeah, that's going to be another so injection of energy to the, to the lineup. It's to take nothing away from the guys that got us a point in Milwaukee, but there's an opportunity with the position battles that we have that – Things may look a little bit differently, and we that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, and it could look, and the variants can roll up here and see like only four guys in the starting lineup that they played against. Do you remember two weeks ago when we were talking about the Des Moines scrimmage, and I kind of broke it down and yeah. said, like they fielded a roster of forty-two different guys, and they played twenty-three different formations or something like that. Yeah, and we were like, how in the hell? And now we're like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, this is exactly what we're gonna yeah. do. Yeah. So it's uh, scouts beware. Yep. <laughs> try to figure out us. But um, 
you know, the bench is going to be deeper. The position battles and training are going to be harder. Guys are going to have to start really earning their spots. Not to say that the guys, I, I want to make very clear, the guys who, who made it made it to the starting 11 um, in Milwaukee on Saturday. Definitely deserved it. Definitely deserve it. They all work. I mean, all the guys are working hard, but yep. the reality of the situation is, is that not everyone is the same player. So there's some players that are better than others. Mm-hmm. And the hard part then for the coaches is selecting who's hot. Who's hot? Who's hot? So there you go. See you later, Croatians. See you soon. Yeah, we'll Let's, see. You, we'll see you soon. See you on Saturday. Yeah, see you Saturday. So Saturday is gonna be uh, is gonna be a great time, and not only because of the game, but I think there's a lot going on around the game that yes. I wanted to talk about and get people get people aware of. Because uh, if you're just planning on swinging down at uh, you know at three fifty five, you're gonna miss out on some fun. Mm-hmm. Tons, so we, if you will. <laughs> so we moved the game to four, which is nice for good reasons. Yep, because we've got soccer all day, all soccer all day long. Champions League final. Who's in it? Uh, Prop quiz. Oh man, Real Madrid and uh, and uh, Atletico Madrid. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my, I you can't may, believe you, it. You may drink that summit. Yep. All right. Excellent. <laughs> uh, I forgot that I had to specify what Atletico. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we're going rolling right into Minneapolis City, and then the home opener. Uh, Minnesota United or Minneapolis City home opener and then Minnesota United. So for those of you on get some yes, for those of you on the internet who are like, how dare you move it up? So it, it, I almost barely miss kickoff of the United game. Uh, not a whole lot we can do about that. So we did our best to find a slot that would work, so you can still drive up to Blaine or take a helicopter if you want to get there faster. There's an air pad right there. <laughs> sure you can get there, but uh, kickoffs at seven. I believe. Yeah, you'll make it. Yeah, You'll it's not like hours away. It'll, you're gonna run into traffic anyways. We apologize, but you might get there right before kickoff. I know you probably want to tailgate beforehand, so that we can't control. Uh, so we're doing. We did our best. So please know that. <laughs> so before the game, uh, if you've got some time, the coaches and the staff of Minneapolis City are gonna be hosting free clinics for kids. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a kid that's like seven, anywhere between seven and sixteen. Um, we're doing this at the practice field, which is across from it's, the stadium. It's just right across the street. And yep. then for the adults, uh, if you go down to the rail station, the rail station is the official um, pre- and post-game um, food and restaurant for Minneapolis City. So go down there, get your drink special, your food special, if you're not going to be finding a way, a way to tailgate. Yep. If you want to watch the Champions League final, you can do it there. Um, but So we have something for the adults. Yeah, and then something, something for the for kids. The kids. Yep. Um, so if you've got some kids that are interested, I guess the the, the session is going to be an hour, focusing on some skills, working together. Right. Everyone's having fun, right? And if you a kid that's participating, they get a free ticket. So right, free. So, that's saving you four bucks. Um, details are going to be at Minneapolis City or are at MinneapolisCity.com. Um, we're also welcoming Deportivo Los Lobos to the pitch. See, They're going to help see. us introduce the players. Um, they are the neighborhood uh, Hispanic soccer team. Soccer yeah. team for the they're, they're a bunch of little kids that are going to come and. Uh, introduce the players, which is going to be great. They're going to be participating in that youth clinic. Uh, ball boys, right? Too, ball boys, say. yeah. Yep. Um, so great job, I think, organizing some community building. I think that's really cool. Absolutely, it's awesome. You know, it's um, we've worked with uh, Norma at, and uh, Deportivo Los Lobos before. We had the little the little clinic we did with them and did like kind of like the uh, soccer Olympics at the, um, at their clubhouse mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've also worked with her through Stegman's. Through um, Coach Kicker has done a lot of programs with Deportivo, run a lot of their sessions, and the the great thing about those folks is 
they are all in on soccer. Yeah. All in. And, the, you know, they don't maybe have a whole lot of time to dedicate, but with the time they do have to dedicate to things, they are there in numbers. They are so grateful for people who are going to come and, and train their, their kids during the, the season. But now, even this opportunity, like they've been nothing but awesome. And, and you know, you don't have to be part of that club to come down. You can go online. You can sign up for it. There's uh, information on the website. Uh, it's at mplscitysc.com slash free-clinics. Uh, yeah, it's right in the top of the upper menu there. Yep. So that'll be easy to find. Uh, I, I just, <laughs> just a quick story. I was talking to Olin about it, who's, uh, you know, nine at home. And he's... <laughs> He he wants to do it really bad, and I think it'd be funny to have this little. It'll be it'll be it will be funny to see this little blonde-haired, uh, blue-eyed kid in the middle of the, <laughs> the Los Lobos, like practicing with them and yeah. just getting. He, he's gonna dive right in. He would love it, and I guarantee yeah. he's gonna try to win some cred with them to be like, yeah, my my stepdad is Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't speak any Spanish though. His uh, Twitter handle is Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be fun. The citizens, though, they're gathering at East Lake Brewery yep, at two. two. Yep. So that's the thing that the citizens do. They're they're doing a march to the match uh, every home game. So if you wanna you wanna hit up some some craft brew up up Lake Street with the citizens, that's that's where you wanna go. I'm sure they're gonna be practicing songs, passing out the tifos, uh, getting ready there, and then they're gonna walk down like I, like John said. I'm gonna be at the rail station for yep. pregame. I'll probably be there too for a yeah. little bit before I gotta go do my. Uh... Your duties. My duties. Uh, it sounded weird. <laughs> and what gates are at three? Uh, I believe gates are at three. Okay. Yep. You can buy tickets. We'll have merchandise for sale. So uh, a couple of those replicas and things. Yeah. You not haven't a gotten them lot, in the mail not yet. Not a whole lot yet because we're waiting on a shipment um, from from Impact. But we uh, we'll have some stuff you can buy. And buy. Buy all the things. Yep. Why not? Just buy it all. And come hungry, right? Food truck at the park. Pharaohs. Euros. Oh, I'm so excited. I will eat the hell out of some lamb, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and what's the sitch with beer available at the park, John? Um, nothing inside. Okay. Uh, tailgate opportunities. It's kind of like every op- tailgate opportunity. Um, you know, you can you can have it. Just keep it under control. Mm-hmm. Um, like anything in life. Enjoy in moderation. Enjoy in moderation. <laughs> um, little wins. Little not big wins. Yep. Little wins. Or they're just as big as big wins. Just be smart. Be responsible. Um, understand that we are in someone else's community. So yeah. uh, we are going to put on the best show we possibly can, but let's do it responsibly. So we're asked back. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple games this year. Yeah, man. So, um, so yeah. So let's get rowdy in the stands. Let's... Uh, Let's just get a W. Let's do this. I'm ready. I know. So tickets you can get at uh, mplscity.com or at the door. Uh, $7 for big folks, $4 for little folks, but it's free if they want to register for that for those clinics. Which you can do on, on, on mm-hmm. site. Um, but the most, I think the most interesting piece of news out of, out of this game day experience is what is Samuel Ruiz Plaza's hair going to look like? Yes. We've got the poll results. We do have the poll results, and uh, I don't think he's the happiest. I mean, he didn't know who any of them. Yeah, were. that was the best part about it. Is he had no idea who any of those dudes were. No was... clue, absolutely no clue. He doesn't like it, huh? I mean, I don't think he doesn't like it. I think he really is enjoying the flow he's got right now, mm-hmm. and it's gonna have to. There's gonna be a growing back well, in order to get well. there again. So why don't you tell? To, I mean, I'm sure you know by now. Yeah, I mean, if you've if, if you've been keeping up with it on Twitter, or keeping <laughs> up with the podcast, you'll know um, the winner was 
37% to 36% in close. a tight race. The Boz, the Brian Bosworth. Yes. Um, and there's a few options we've been looking at, so we'll have to we'll have to settle on. I think he gets to pick which Boz he does. That's good. He's got to do the Boz. That's fair. Taxi Driver came in a distant third. I thought him with a just a clean-shaved mohawk would be kind of neat. But right. um, we hope to see his updated flow on Saturday. Hopefully yes. someone's working with him. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, to, I asked him uh, twice if he's got situated. his... Uh, he got his hair appointment ready. I don't think... <laughs> He's not as excited about it as he was when we asked him, I think. Anyway. Well, things got real, real fast when yep. he showed up. I'm like, hey, remember when you told us if we could pick your haircut? Yeah. Well, excellent flow or not, we're going to see you guys out on Saturday, and we're really excited. Right. So that's all we got for today. It seemed like it went fast. Yeah, it did. Um, but as far as what, what we're going to have next week, we're going to have, hopefully, uh, still undefeated Minneapolis City. Then uh, we'll give you a recap of the Croatians match, talk about that. We'll give you updates um, on players, organizational adjustments, kind of like what we did today. Um, the highly anticipated preview of the Minnesota Derby with Minnesota United Reserves. I hear some people are having... Uh, are, are, are already in the works of having some signage built. Oh, like, excellent, yes. Like, welcome to Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So we'll have that, and then obviously, like we always do, we'll, we'll have some some cool stuff. Maybe we'll get a player on. It'd be great to actually get some players' um, uh, reactions after reactions the game. after the game, yeah. which, which would be awesome. But Summit is the official craft beer sponsor of the People's Pitch. Do yourself a favor, do your taste buds a favor, and go buy some. You can do it at your local store. Pretty much anywhere alcohol is served, they have Summit, especially. Inside these borders. <laughs> uh, not so much at the Bavarian Beer Hall. No. The mayor may not have asked no. multiple times. <laughs> um, we go online to summitbrewing.com and learn more about uh, their whole fleet of suds or anything beer-related uh, that they have at the beer hall or, or information on where to find their beer. They got it all there. So summitbrewing.com. If you want to get a hold of us, it's the... Infamous email address that I always seem to screw up. It's <laughs> mcscpodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle, at mplscitysc. My twin, Twitter handle, at johnnybusiness. Two N's, two Z's, two S's. And my trusty co-host, at mexinate. Yep. M-E-X-I-N-A-T-E. So, that's all we got. Yeah, that's all we got. We're, we're going to close today with uh, a little bit of news. So uh, they're on Spotify now, folks. So you can go on Spotify and listen. And every time you do, our homeboys get get like broken off a little fractions bit. Fractions of a penny for them. Fractions of a penny. But let's just – what if we just went on a whole campaign? Everyone listen to Go Get Em Tiger at least 100 times a day. Okay. Until next week. Sure. Just click on it 100 times. We've got to play for like 10, 15 seconds. Just listen to the whole song. But today – uh, it is free, and it will be free listening at our podcast because they are our house band. So for them, uh, I am John. I'm Nate. And this is our house band with Go Get Em Tiger, or our house band Go Get Em Tiger with the song Sleep Cyclone. Peace. See you.